You're listening to the Hey Elliot podcast at www.heyelliot.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. All right, it is, uh, I don't know, it's uh, 8, I don't know what date it is. In fact, I'm going out of my mind. I'm going a little crazy, maybe a little um, cabin fever. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um been watching Preacher, pretty good show, um, on episode 6 of the first season. So I'm going trucking right along there. And I don't know if this uh, air conditioner is going to bother you, but it's going to be on. Now, sort of to help me pass the time today, I have a special treat. I have in my hands the very first draft of Jack's Living Dead Girl. That's true, folks. I've talked about this for the last two years on my website, trying to pipe it up, get people to watch it. And you know what? This is just another attempt at that. This is the first script. And uh, when I first wrote it, and I'm going to be embarrassed. And it's not going to be a full run-through, because I'll probably have to pause it to... uh, 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 It just happens when you read old writing, right? Because this is a... God, this is probably an 18-year-old Elliot Anderson's writing, right? So, further ado, here is Unrequited, a live reading, the screenplay, Unrequited, by Elliot Anderson and Starletta Dubois. Guess I gave her writing credit. I put her on the curse. I don't know if anyone listened to that. I mean, I'm going to do the third, of that, or the third part of that curse. But let's go ahead and start with the first page, shall we? <coughs> Day one. Fade in. On a crossword puzzle. Behind this crossword puzzle is Jack James. Jack James is standing behind a counter. Ted passes by with a tray. Jack. Ted. Three-letter word for building part. Ted. Try L. Jack. L. Ted. (laughs) Yeah, it's like one of those words that only crossword puzzles makers know. It is true. Only, Only crossword puzzles makers know that word and people who do crossword puzzles it's not in the script but you know it's just a side ted leaves and passes by Lindsay. we have a look at Lindsay. don't know what that means could use a little more information there 18 year old elliot Lindsay. all right fellas i'm out jack uh bye Lindsay. i hope this evening bodes you well what a stupid stupid person i am all right <coughs> Lindsay. I hope so, too. Hey, Jack, my birthday's coming up. Have you decided on what to get me? Ted says he's going to get me a Porsche. I don't think you can beat a Porsche. Jack. Yes, I can. I'm going to get you to the moon. Get you the moon. That's what Jack said. Lindsay. The moon? I can't drive the moon. Jack. I was trying to be romantic and sensitive. Isn't that what you girlies like nowadays? Very progressive on my part. <laughs> Lindsay. Yes, but we also like Porsches. Jack. Fine, I'll get you some fuzzy dice for the Porsche. I think I had some fuzzy dice in my uh, first car for a little bit. Okay, we're on page two, folks. Two of probably 50, so hope you all have your little... Uh... Wait, no, wait, how many? Look like I numbered the pages. Hold on. I know you're in rapt attention, but let me see. How long do we got? We got 68 pages. All right, here we go. Ted comes back. Ted. Whoa, leaving so soon? Where's the fire? I don't know if I'm going to keep that voice as him. Lindsay. I don't know yet. I'm thinking I'll go check my house. (laughs) Oh, Ellie, you're so funny. Ted and Jack. Bye, Lindsay. Bye, Lindsay. Lindsay. Bye, boys. Lindsay leaves. Ted and Jack watch her walk away. Ted, without taking his eyes off the door. I think this might have actually stayed in the script. You ask her out yet? Jack, looking at the door as well. No. Ted looks at Jack. Why not? Jack, why ask a question when you know the answer? Ted, you don't know she'll say no. Jack, why don't you ask her out? Ted. I did a few months ago. Got rejected. Oh, got rejected me like spoiled milk. 
I don't know what that means. Got rejected me like spoiled milk. Here come some emergency vehicles passing. I don't know if you can hear that. I don't even know if you can hear this air conditioner. I'm just telling you what's going on because I'm cringing a little bit, alright? So bear with me here. Jack. That bad, huh? Ted. No, I may have embellished a little bit. Uh, but it might as well have been spoiled milk. Jack. Sorry. Ted. Don't worry. She thought I was joking, so feelings didn't get all weird. Whatever. That was me saying whatever, by the way. <clears throat> Jack. That's the way to do things. Ted. You should take her on a date for her birthday. Jack. I think she has more important things to do that day. Ted. If you're going to give up on me, uh, give up that easy. I don't even know why I bother. Jack. Bother with what exactly? Ted. Hooking you up. Jack. Hook me up? I don't need to be hooked up. I'm perfectly fine being a lone wolf. It's still true, folks. Uh, Ted. Are you? Jack. Oh, yeah. Perfectly fine with being a sexless lone stallion wandering this world like Kane. Kane from Kung Fu? Anybody? Look at that. That's primo writing right there, folks. All right. Page three. <clears throat> Ted. Whatever. Jack. Yeah. Whatever. That is still in the film, folks. That still made it into the film. Uh, Ted. Can you believe what Don said about the phone? I don't know where I came from. You know, I would not. I know a Don now. I did not know a Don then. I don't believe. Uh, Jack. How can I forget? Cut to Don. Don. Hey, this actually, I think, uh, sort of stayed in the script as much as it was. So let's do Don here. Don, this is the second time you have been late. And you realize you just started working here three weeks ago. Remember that little three-strike rule? I hope you do, because I want you to know that I will not hesitate to fire your ass. Do you understand me? Ever since you've been hired, you haven't stopped trying to test my patience. You know what? Why am I warning you? Go ahead. Be late again. I would like to fire you. Then maybe we'll finally get some good help around here for a change. Got it? Jack. Yeah, got it. Don. Good. Now you man the counter. I'll be back to see if you are doing your job. Oh, and hey, this phone from this point forward is a business use only phone. I don't want any one other than coffee mill employees using it. If anyone from the outside wants to use this phone, you tell them that there is a telephone booth down the street. I don't care if it's the President of the United States. You deny his ass. And if I see you chatting to your friends on it, that's strike three. Got it? Jack. Got it. Done. Good. Cut back to Jack and Ted. I guess, yeah. Some good writing there, folks. Good setup. Ted. That asshole gets on my nerves. Jack. Amen to that. This is before I realized that uh, you did not have to answer... Like, a character did not have to answer another character. Do you know what I mean? I did not realize that at the time of this writing. I do now. Please, believe me. This is 18-year-old Elliot. Okay. Dell comes in. Dell, that name sticks. You only hear it once in the film, folks. So I hope you enjoy it. Maybe twice. All right. Jack. Oh, yeah, Dell. Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah, we'll get to that. All right. <clears throat> Dell comes in. Jack, hi, can I help you? Dell, just a coffee. Jack, all right. Jack gets a cup of coffee. Ted, to Dell. How are you doing, man? Dell, I'm fine. <sighs> Jack hands him the coffee. <laughs> Jack hands him the coffee. And what do we got? Oh, Jack, $3.50. Uh, Dell gets out his wallet, pays. Jack hands him the change. How mundane, right? Jack, thank you. Dell goes, goes has a seat towards the back of the establishment. You know, I sent, I gave this script to my friend, who's now in L.A., and I can see why he probably never actually read it. Um, Ted, what are you doing after work? Jack, sleeping. You, riveting stuff, folks. Ted, I'm going to a friend's party. You want to come? There's a good chance of pretty ladies being there. Jack, I'll pass, man. I had a long day yesterday. Ted, doing what? Jack, staring at the ceiling. Oh, Jack's staring at the ceiling. No, Jack says he's staring at the ceiling. Ted, well, if you still want to go, give me a call. Jack, will do. Ted, I'm making it part of my life's mission to get you laid. 
Jack, you better not. I have I have a feeling once I have sex, all the fun will be taken out of it for the rest of the world. They will be like, he's gotten some. They're just giving it to everybody nowadays. Then the peoples of the world will stop procreating and end of the human race. Would you subject the world to that? Goodness, Alec, grow a pair, okay? Good lord. Anyway, Ted answers, no. No, I wouldn't. Jack, because here's another word. Jack, good, because I saw this thing on TV where this mother was talking to her 40-year-old son taking her 40-year-old son to lose his virginity at a bordello. I'm kind of hoping my mom will show some initiative. That's actually true. I did see that. Um, it's from the Bunny Ranch show. came out many moons ago. Ted, you're a bigger man than I. Jack, well, my mom raised me well. Cassie comes in, up to the counter. Jack, may I help you? I was just sorry, I was screwing around. Cassie, I certainly hope so. Can I get a double mocha latte with extra foam? Jack, as a matter of fact, you can. Jack goes and makes the mocha latte thing. Uh, Cassie waves to Dell. Jack looks at her while he's pouring. He gets back to work. Whatever. Jack, you are one double mocha hup heavy on the foam. You guys excited, folks? This is just the beginning of all the fun. <clears throat> okay. Cassie, thanks, and here you go. Give Jack the exact amount. That's what I wrote. God. You know, I felt so bad when I showed people this and they did not finish it. They didn't even seem to care. I, 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 I'm getting what they're laying down, kind of. I don't want you to stop listening. Because you're going to sit through this with me. All right? Here we go. Jack, get this often? No, no question mark there. But wait. Get this often? Cassie, usually. Jack, well, enjoy. Boy, riveting. You have a nice night. Cassie, thanks again. Cassie leaves and Jack watches her as she goes and sits down across from Dell. His face gets an O kind of look to it. Because, you know, I'm a incel at heart, I guess, folks. Jack, of course. Jack goes up to Ted, who is cleaning tables. Jack, hey, Ted, who's that girl? Points at Cassie. Ted, oh, her? Her name should be Cassie Summers. Wow, should, ugh, God. I hope you're cringing with me, folks, or else I'm just a sad, sad little man talking to himself. She comes in here from time to time and orders, uh, let's see, what was it? No, don't tell me. A double mocha latte with extra foam. Jack. This, I'm on page five, folks, and we're still at the coffee place. Okay. Jack, is that all you know about her? Ted. No, and believe me, man, you aren't the only one to ask about that woman. And I'm going to tell you what everyone has told when they ask about her. Stay away. Why? Jack says. Ted. Oh, God. Oh, this hurts. <laughs> Uh, Jack, why? Ted, she's bad news. Why else would anyone be told to stay away from? Why else would anyone be told to stay away from? Jack, okay, why is she bad news? Ted, well, from what I hear, she's supposed to be some kind of genius, like she's 19 and is getting ready to graduate from college. (sighs) Jack, oh, will the bad news never end? Ted, Again with the sarcasm. You keep this up and I tell no more. Jack. Sorry. Go on. Tell me more. Ted. Well, you know a lot of this genius kids get bored early in life and go crazy. Well, it just so happens she is going through this kind of period. What do you know, Ted? God damn it, Elliot. Ugh. Okay, Ted's continuing, okay? Apparently, from what I hear, she has been known to work the Wicca, if you know what I mean. Jack. What? Wicca? Ted. Yeah, she's... She thinks she thinks she's some kind of witch. She thinks she's some kind of witch. Jack. What's so wrong with that? We're about that. Alright. Here we go. We're setting it up. Oh, page six. I'm not I'm not I'm I don't want to read what Ted has to say because it looks like it's a long paragraph and it's Ellie eighteen year old Elliot stroking his ego, okay? But we're gonna we're gonna we're plowing through here, folks. Ted. Well, you know, people see things. They talk. And this Cassie is a beautiful girl. So she wouldn't be immune to random hate-filled gossip from another woman. And you know, these 
You know how these things work. Gossip gets mixed in with the truth so much, you don't know what to believe. So me personally, I just think it's best one stays away from her. Can never be too careful with supposed crazy women. Now, you know what? I think I stole that from uh, Belle Biv DeBoe uh, when they summed it up perfectly by saying, um, never trust a big butt and a smile. That girl is poison. Really what Ted should have just said here. Jack. Who's the guy sitting across from her? Ted has himself a look. We see the two having a quiet conversation. Ted. Never seen him before. If you are so interested in these people, why don't you just go over there and ask them yourself? Jack. Oh, yeah. I can see myself going up to them. Hey, are you guys by any chance? Oh, I don't know. Crazy? Fun stuff, folks. <clears throat> Ted. That would be a good way to break the ice as any. Jack. I got to work the counter. Don could stop by at any second. Don the manager, by the way. Ted, God forbid. Jack goes over to the counter and Ted goes back to cleaning. Fade to black. Fade out. On a clock, it looks late. Am I really going to read this whole thing to you? You know, I got nothing else to do today. I can finish Preacher, but I'm restless, like I said, and uh, you just got to sit there and take it. Where are we at? How long have I been reading to you? 16 whole minutes, folks. 16 minutes. Um, Okay. We cut to Ted and Jack talking by the counter. Uh, Ted, so you sprayed twice on the wrist, then you rub your wrist on your neck? We cut to Don entering the establishment. Jack, that's what they tell me, but usually I just spray twice on my neck the huge Don. Ted, shouldn't you be doing something like, oh, I don't know, washing tables? <sighs> Ted, all have been washed, sir. Don, we'll go mop or something. You're still on the clock. Ted sighs, then leaves. Don looks at Jack and comes around the counter. Don, move. I have to count the cash. Jack moves out of Don's way. Don opens the register and begins counting. Jack goes to the other side of the counter and busies... And busies himself with something. Yep, very specific there, Elliot. He looks up at the front window. Looks up at... Ugh. This is how it's written, folks. Uh, he busies himself with something. Period. He looks up. Period. At the front window and something catches his attention. Jack's POV. We see Cassie rushing past the window, then comes back and enters the shop. As she enters, Don closes a cash register. Don retreats to the back room. Cassie comes up to the counter, looking distraught. Cassie. Hey, I need to use your phone. Jack. Uh, sorry, I can't let you. It's not for public use. Cassie. Please, it'll only take a second. I can't find a phone anywhere else, and I don't have any quarters. Jack, I want to let you use a phone. I really do. But my manager is here, and he really wants me to not be here. And he would love to see you on the phone so he could fire my ass, and I really need this job. Cassie, it'll only be for a second. Can I tell you the number and you dial it, and I'll give you the message? Don comes out from the room. Jack. No, I'm sorry. It's for store policy. It's store policy. Cassie starts to panic and backs up a little bit. Jack. Wait, Cassie, I... Oh, God, this is painful right here. Cassie. How do you know my name? I never told you my name. I don't even know you. Oh, God. Yep. Jack. No, I... Cassie, just leave me alone. Cassie runs out of the store. Jack watches on. Don comes up. Don. Good work. Couldn't have done it better myself, Davey. Made that up. But he did say that. Fade out. Dell's story. All right. Now, Dell, if you've seen the movie, it gets cut down immensely. So uh, you can see Dell and Jack kind of mold or not. Uh, so day one, fade in on a phone. Uh, the phone rings and a hand picks it up. Dell. Hello? Cassie. Hey, Dell. It's Cassie. Um, <clears throat> Dell, yeah, uh, Cass, sorry, <clears throat> Cassie. Hey, how are you, Cassie? I'm doing fine. I just called to tell you I might be a little late for coffee. I have to stop at the bank. 
tell. Yeah, it's fine. I'll pick a good table. Cassie. Good. I'll uh see you then. Damn it. Why can't okay. You know what? I'm a lot of things are coming back to me now, okay? Just just bear with me here, folks. Um <clears throat> Dell. Alright. Bye, Cassie. Cassie. Bye. Click. Dell hangs up the phone. We watch him as he gets ready for the day. He gets ready as if he's getting ready for a date, taking a long, thorough shower, putting on nice clothes, and finally putting on cologne cologne by spraying on his wrists first, then rubbing them together and rubbing his wrists on his neck. Riveting. Dell leaves his house. We cut to the coffee mill. Dell enters, heads to the counter. Ted, that asshole gets on my nerves. Jack, amen to that. And I guess Dell comes in. Yeah, Dell comes in. Oh, good. We're going to do this whole transaction again, folks. You ready? <laughs> oh, God. I can see why... I can see why I showed it to them. And I these people, and I get the feeling they didn't read it. And they probably didn't want to hurt my feelings, which they should have hurt my feelings. Because I'm going to hurt 18-year-old Elliot's feelings. Okay? Because we're going to do this whole transaction again. <sighs> Jack. Hi, can I help you? Dell, just a coffee. Jack, all right. Jack gets a cup of coffee. Ted, to Dell. How you doing, man? Dell, I'm fine. Jack hands him a coffee. Jack, $3.50. Dell gets out his wallet, pays. Jack hands him the change. Jack, thank you. Dell goes, has a secret. Seat towards the back of the establishment, we hear a piece of conversation as he walks back. Ted, what are you doing after the work? Jack, sleeping. You. <coughs> Page nine. <laughs> Page nine. <coughs> what? Oh, for some reason it says 12 here. Uh, their voices fade out. They're spelled T H E R E. Voices fade out. Dell sits down. His cell phone rings. He looks at the number. Dell. Julia Hardy. Oh, Julia Hardy. How is it going? Julia's voice. Are you going to tell her? Dell. Ugh. I'm having trouble, folks. (laughs) (coughs) I'm so. I, I don't know if you're cringing, but I'm cringing. Okay? Cringing. Anyway, Dell. Yeah, I think, I hope. Julia's voice. You better. Dell. I'm just a little nervous. What if she rejects me? Dell's, or Julia's voice. She's not going to reject you. Why would she? Dell. Why would any woman reject me? I'm Quasimodo, just without the looks. Julia's voice. You look fine. You just have to remember you have everything to gain and nothing to lose. Dell. Nothing to lose, she says. I have things to lose. Julia's voice. Such as? Dell. Well, for one, if I tell her, things are going to change between us. Julia's voice. That's just a risk I'm willing to take. Dell. I'm sure you are. Dell sees Cassie enter. Dell. She's here. Julia's voice. Go get her, Tiger. Dell. I'll do that. Oh, and they have to say bye to each other on the phone. Julia's voice. Bye. Dell. Bye. Dell hangs up the phone just as Cassie gets her dub mocha. Cassie turns and we see Cassie move closer. Cassie pulls up a chair. Dell. Uh, hi, Cassie. Cassie. Dell. Dell. How has your day been going? Cassie. It's been a pretty good day. It's been a pretty good day. <clears throat> Page 10. Dell. Oh, yeah. Cassie. Yes. Dell. Do tell. 
Cassie. Well, I found a new book on charms. I have to try some of those before too long. Dell, that's good. You should tell me how it goes. Cassie. We'll have to do oh, This is written by a guy who's never had an actual conversation in his life, I guess. Cassie. I will have to do that. And how are you doing good, sir? Dell. I have had an uneventful day so far. Not that you here talking to me is uneventful. It's just that I don't have any stories. But I am supposed to meet this hot girl for coffee today. Cassie. Oh, yeah? Dell. Yes. And she's going to tell me information about her day so I can live vicariously through hers. Cassie. Sounds like this girl talks a lot. Wah, wah. That's me going wah, wah. Dell, <clears throat> only sometimes, but I don't want to jinx anything. Cassie, she sounds like a dream. Dell, she does. That's why I'm trying to keep myself from pinching myself. That didn't come off too well. Cassie, you did fine. Where did you learn all them lines from? What an idiot. What an idiot I am. I'm so stupid. All right. Okay, I was stupid. All right, I was stupid. <laughs> all right, shall we keep plowing ahead here? Dell, it's all in my head. My head is a scary place, as you can imagine. It's like a pickup line parade in my head. <laughs> Cassie, you know what? Dell, not a clue. Cassie, I came up with a theory. Women and men differ on how they handle pain. How so? Cassie, well, women have a higher threshold of pain when it comes to natural pain like cramps and childbirth and whatnot. Dell, yeah. Cassie, and men have a higher threshold for pain when it comes to stupid stuff like falling off a bike onto a rail. <laughs> Dell, interesting. I can see that because I think I could handle getting racked on a guardrail better than pregnancy. There we go, folks. This, I don't know. I might have to stop and take a, take a rest. <laughs> uh, we're plowing through. Okay. Cassie smiles. Dell picks this as his moment. Dell gets up his nerves. You want to know what happens to Dell, don't you? I don't blame you. Okay, 11. At the same time, Dell says, Listen, Cass. Cassie says, Also, you. Both stop. Cassie, go. Dell, no, you go. I insist. Cassie, Okay, well, you will never believe what happened at the bank today. Dell, there is a good chance I won't, but do tell. Cassie, well, I got my money, then this really good-looking guy asked me out on Friday, and I said, why wait, how about we make it tonight at 7? Dell is obviously trying to hide his disappointment. Dell, well, that's interesting. Aren't you afraid that this is a little sudden? Cassie. No, I decided I want to do something new and fun. Dell. <laughs> Cassie, you hardly know this guy, and the next thing either of us know, you're dating him. Cassie. Don't be that way. It's only a date. Dell. I have a bad feeling. <laughs> <laughs> do, I have, do I have to continue? Okay. Cassie. Oh, Dell. That's why I keep you around. You always act like a big brother to me. It's good that you care and want to look after me. But, Dell, I'm a big girl. I can take care of myself. <laughs> Dell, I never said you couldn't take care of yourself. I was only saying... Cassie, I wanted to try something different. And what's more different than that? Dell, 
Not a whole lot. Cassie. I understand that you're a little hesitant, but I'll tell you what. You stay by the phone, and if anything goes wrong, I will call you, and you can bail me out. Does that help? Del. A little. Cassie. Now, what were you going to say? Page 12. Oh, no, I've dropped it. Hold on, hold on, folks. Say by your radios. Okay. Whew, boy. I'm sweating a little bit and the air conditioner's going. But let's do this. Dell. You know, I got caught up in the excitement and forgot what was on my mind. Cassie. It happens. I don't think any less of you. Dell. That's a relief. <laughs> Cassie. What if I was that kind of friend? Dell, scary. Isn't that kind of an oxymoron? What are you talking about? Cassie, in its own little way, I guess it is. <laughs> Cassie looks up at her watch. Cassie, oh crap. Dell, what? Cassie, I forgot I have a meeting in a half an hour. I need to get to. Dell, really? Cassie, yeah. Sorry to cut this short. I can't believe I spaced that out. Dell, no problem. Cassie, remember, keeps the phones on. <laughs> remember, keep the phones on, she says. If anything goes wrong, you can be my knight in shining armor. Dell, can do. Good luck tonight. Cassie, thanks. Cassie gets up. Dell, bye. Cassie, bye. <laughs> oh no, poor kid. <laughs> poor kid. Elliot, this Elliot does not know what's going to hit him in life. Do you realize that? This Elliot has no clue. I just want you to understand that. And we continue. Cassie walks off. Dell watches her. He is dejected and depressed. We cut to Dell getting home. He saunters into the living room and plops his keys onto the table. Hey, takes out his cell phone. He means, uh, 18-year-old Elliot means he takes out his cell phone. And before he can plop that onto the table, it rings. Dell. Oh, hello? Julia's voice. Hi. So? Dell. So what? Julia's voice. Did you tell her? I think I'm David Mamet, I think. I'm pretty sure in this phone thing, I think I'm David Mamet. Julia's voice. Did you tell her? Dell. That's a negative. Jesus, get to the blood, goddammit. Okay. <clears throat> Page 13. Oh, God. Okay, Julia's voice. Why the hell not? We had it planned and everything. Dell, I know, I know. I was going to, but... Julia's voice. But what? Dell, then she told me she had a date tonight. Julia, what? Dell, she had a date with some guy who works at a bank. Julia, already? What, is she nuts? Dell, I asked her all about it. She's pretty confident about it. Julia's voice. Listen, Dell, I am so sorry. Dell, don't be. It's not your fault. Julia's voice. I know, but I feel so bad for yelling. Dell, no hard feelings. I understand you were just trying to get me to ask her. Julia's voice. Dell, if you want to hang out tonight... Dell, no, no, I'll, I'll be fine. I think I'm just gonna sit alone and brood for a while. <sighs> Julia's voice. You're sure you'll be fine? Dell, I'm sure. Julie, ah. Okay, just don't spend too much time alone. Dell, I won't. Julia. Okay. Dell. Listen, I gotta go. I'll talk to you later. 
Julia. Okay. Bye. Dell. Bye. <laughs> Dell hangs up and the phone plops it next and plops it next to his keys. Fade to black. Mercifully, this whole s- it's almost over. <laughs> not the not the, not the, not the uh, script, but certainly Dell's part. Dell sitting in a chair with his cell phone and the charger next to him. Jesus. Did I really write this? Yeah, I guess I did. Never mind. Go ahead and continue on. He looks at the clock. The clock says one o'clock. It's getting late. The date's probably over. He sighs. Dell. Well. Dell gets up and shuts off the TV. And now we've made it to day two. Day two of five, folks. Jack's day. (sighs) We see Jack step out of his car. We follow him into a pawn shop. On his way in, Dell bumps into a guy. We slow down to reveal that the guy is Dennis from the dream. I'm missing something. Am I missing something or... Let me see. What was that last page? Okay, I guess I just wrote about a dream that didn't happen. Or maybe we're going to talk about it later. I don't know. I haven't touched this thing in about 12 years. Okay? Jack. Excuse me. Sorry. Dennis doesn't answer. Just keeps on going out the door. Oh, wait a second. I'm getting something. Okay, okay. Never mind. We're good. Okay. Jack walks up to the jewelry counter. Jack. Jewelry. Worker. Money. Um, by the way, I haven't had a job. I had that job. That's. I think that's only a job I had throughout high school was working in that stand. So I don't know how jobs are supposed to work, apparently. Okay. Jack. Jewelry. Worker. Money. Jack. Yes, I have some. He sees the man holding a necklace with a blue heart on it. Jack. What about that piece? Worker. I don't know. The guy just left it, who just left gave it to me. I haven't priced it as of yet. Jack. How much did you give him for it? Worker. 120. Jack. I got that. <laughs> Gets out his wallet, pulls out enough. Wow, riveting stuff. Worker. Listen, buddy. This is a business. If I give out money for something, I can't sell it again for the same price. I got it. That would mean I will have made no profit for the evening. Do you understand? Jack. Well, 130 then. Worker. Okay. Jack. That's it? Worker. A profit is a profit. Jesus Christ. Jack. All right. I'll take the necklace then. They exchange and Jack puts the necklace into his pocket. Cut to Jack. At work. Lindsay is cleaning tables and Ted is washing dishes. Lindsay makes her way over to Jack. Lindsay. Well... I need a sip. I need a sip of this water, people. Alright, sorry about that. Okay, page 15. Jack. Well, what? Lindsay. What are you getting me for my birthday? See, I don't know how to write for women, apparently. Someone needed... Someone needed to help me. Do you realize this? This kid needs help. And no one... No one helped me. Little red hen over here, folks. <sighs> Jack. I told you. Fuzzy dice for the Porsche. Lindsay. I don't think I'm getting a Porsche. Jack. I think Ted was aiming too high, but I'm still getting you fuzzy dice. No, I got you something I'm sure you'll like. I could give it to you early if you would like. Lindsay. Do I go with a surprise or an early birthday present? Hmm. Just then, Keith comes into the store. Lindsay. Keith! She squeals. Yep, I don't know how to write it for women, apparently. Very progressive of me. Lindsay runs up to Keith and gives him a big kiss on the lips. We take a look at Jack. He's staring with another one of those of course kinds of looks. Remember, I'm an incel at heart, people. Ted comes around and stands beside him. Ted. Huh. Lindsay. Keith! What are you doing here? Keith. Keith. Um, <clears throat> Keith. Oh, well, I was just catching up with some old friends, and I decided ah, to stop by here on my way to work and see how my favorite girl was doing. I want to slip into uh, the other voice. 
but I'm trying to I'm trying to develop a voice for Keith for you. Lindsay. That's so sweet. Here, let me introduce you to my friends. Lindsay brings Keith over to the counter. Lindsay, gesturing with her hands. Guys! Keith! Keith! Guys! At the same time, Jack. Hi, Ted. Hey. Lindsay. Keith is my boyfriend. Jack. Yeah, I deduced that. Ted. How long have you been two to been together? Lindsay. About a year now. Ted. Huh. Jack. A year, huh? That's nice. Ted. How come we never heard of you, Keith? <clears throat> 16. Page 16. Lindsay. Maybe that's because you never asked. Well, god damn it. I can't rewrite the script, but earlier he did just say, did he not? That he asked her? Fuck. Okay. Keith looks at his watch. Keith. I better get going. It was nice making your acquaintances. There we go. That's a Keith voice. <laughs> Sorry. At the same time, Jack, same here. Ted, yeah. Lindsay. I'm going to walk Keith to his car, and if Don comes in, tell him to sod off. Ted, can do. Lindsay, thanks. Keith and Lindsay walk off. Ted, huh, that's why she rejected me. Jack, that's why I never asked her out. And here I thought I was going to be all slick and buy her a pretty necklace and think I was going to sweep her off her feet. Fat chance of that now. Ted, you brought her a necklace? Jack takes out the necklace and shows it to him. Ted whistles. Ted, it's a beauty. Are you still going to give it to her? Jack, might as well. What else am I going to do with it? Ted, you could try sweeping a single girl off her feet. Jack looks at the necklace. Ted, that is pretty good looking necklace. That is a pretty good looking necklace. And here all I got her was some fuzzy dice. Ba-dum-bumps. Folks, this is classic comedy here. Jack, I thought you were going to get her a Porsche. Ted, well, I said I was. Was he really... I can't... I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) I don't know if I can do this, folks. Jack, I thought you were going to get her a Porsche. Ted, well, said I was, but that was just to throw her off my trail. Jack, you're a cunning one, Ted. Ted, yes, yes, I am. Jack, you know something? This is just like me. Ted, what, buying expensive stuff for girls you have a crush on? Jack, no. Having feelings for women who have boyfriends. Alright, this conversation does get into the movie, folks. So, enjoy that. Ted. That is a problem. Some would say you always want what you can't have. Jack. Yeah, right. Ted, have you ever thought about it? Jack. I don't need to think about it. Look at it this way. I can't have Rosie O'Donnell. Doesn't mean I want to date her. Ted. Whatever. You know you would if you had a chance. Alright. We cut to later that night. Jack gets home. He gets ready to go to bed. Jack takes a necklace. He thinks about just leaving it on the table. He takes a second look at it and thinks better of it. He starts looking for a place to store it for saves, safes, S-A-F-E-S, keepings. But no place is good enough for this gem. So he decides it's best just to put it around his neck and hide it underneath his pajamas. He gets into bed, shuts off the lights, and falls asleep. Fade to black for a while. A while. Fade to back for black for a while. Cut to Jack waking up with a start. He looks around. He sees something across the room. Jack's POV. We see the outline of a human form slightly swaying as if it could spring and attack him at any moment. Jack gets up and turns on the light. Cut to... (gasps) Nothing at all. (laughs) Jack digs into his closet for a bat. He has a bat. I've never had a bat in my closet. I don't think. He moves around. Looks under the bed. Nothing. He goes into the next room. Nothing. He goes downstairs and checks. Nothing. He goes back to his room. He lies down. Reaches and turns. Could you imagine sitting there and having to watch all this? Reaches and turns off the lights. And there it is again. The swaying figure. He turns on the lights. It's gone. He shuts it off. The shadow is closer. He jumps out of bed. Grabs the bat. And sits back into the bed with the light on. The light fades out. And the shadow is still there. He tries the lights. Nothing. He turns the lights on and tries to go back to sleep. The light fades out. He gets scared again. He picks up the bat and just sits there and watches the thing watch him until he finally falls asleep. 
Are you asleep? Did you fall asleep? Uh, we fade out. Day two. Dell's day. We hear a couple of rings, then we fade in. I'm Dell on the phone. Come on. Come on. Cassie's voice. Hi, you've reached the Summer's house. We are... Click. Dell hangs up. Dell. Oh, shit. <laughs> he starts dialing. We hear ringing. Julia's voice. Hey, Dell. Dell. Have you heard from Cassie yet? Julia's voice. No, I haven't heard anything since the last time you called. Dell. I'm starting to get worried about her. I tried to tell her that I had a bad feeling about this date. Julia's voice. Well, if you don't hear anything by tonight, you should go to the police. Yes, go to the police. Dell, I don't want to have to do that. Julia's voice. Listen, I have something I need to do, but come over in an hour. I don't think you should sit at home and worry yourself to death. Dell, all right, I'll come over in an hour. Julia's voice. Good. Good. See you then. Dell. Ugh. Bye. Julia's voice. Bye. <laughs> Dell hangs up. We fade out. How much clearer can it be to you people? Hmm? How clear can I be to you people about what's happening here? <clears throat> we fade into Julia and Dell talking at the table. Oh, we fade out. Julia's voice. Tell me everything. Tell me everything. We fade in on to Julia and Dell talking at the table. Well, last time I saw her was at the coffee mill. Julia. And she said she had a date? Dell. Yes. Julia. Did she tell you the name? Dell. I didn't ask. How many pages did I say there were? 68 pages. 68 and almost an hour in. I'll tell you what. We'll make this part one and part two. At the hour mark, I'll stop. And then we'll go ahead and we'll just do part two after that, okay? I don't know if you're listening. I don't know if anyone's listening. Alright? I'm talking into the void. Right? My void. <coughs> Julia. What? Dell. I said I didn't ask. <laughs> Julia. You mean to tell me you had a bad feeling and you didn't even bother to ask the person she is going out with? Ask about the person she's going out with? Dell. I would have, but she didn't stay long. She said she had to cut the meeting short and then she left. Julia. Do you know where they went? Dell. No. Cassie said that they would meet somewhere and decide what to do when they met up. Julia. And you don't know where they were meeting? Dell. No. Julia. What the hell is the matter with you? Beat. I'm throwing in beats now, like I'm a playwright. Got it? Julia. I'm sorry, Dell. Look, I'm just as worried as you are about Cassie, and if worst comes to worst, we are going to need to tell the police. And if you just wouldn't be giving them good, and you just wouldn't be giving them good information. Dell, I know, fuck. <laughs> Wait, it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to be read, I know, fuck. There's a period there. Julia. I guess the only thing you could tell the police is that the last place you saw her this is a period, double space, was at the coffee mill, and that that would be as good a place for any. Mm. Dell, I hope I won't have to do that. I mean, she, she maybe she's all right. Maybe she fell for this guy and they ran away or something. Julia, she didn't say, she didn't say that she would call you when it was over. Did she? I mean, she only told you that she would call you if something did go wrong. And she didn't call you, right? That's sound. That's sound thinking by uh, Julia, folks. Uh, Dell. 
shows some hope in his face. Yeah, maybe she's fine after all. We fade out. We fade back in. Of course we do. Juliet and Dell are sitting on the couch. Anything resembling hope is gone. Yep. Dell. I'll call one more time, and if she doesn't answer, I'm going to the police. Dell picks up the phone, dials a number, and listens to it ring. And ring, and ring, and ring. Can you believe if I actually made people watch the ringing of the phone? Because it says, and ring. It says, four rings. Then we hear the answering machine, and Dell shuts off the phone. Could you imagine... If I actually filmed this and made people wait for the rings that weren't going to get answered. I mean, just think about it. Who? In th- I needed help. I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to tell this kid to calm down with his writing. He's not Quentin Tarantino, you know. I mean, he needs to hear that. I need to hear this. Okay. <clears throat> Julia. I'll drive. Yep. That's, that's what it says after they don't ring. Oh, wait, no, Dell. Okay, let's go. And then it goes, Julia, I'll drive. Because she needed to say that. They get up and we fade to black. We fade in. Dell has just gotten back. He doesn't bother to turn the lights on or turn on the lights. He just goes straight to his room and straight to bed. He falls asleep almost instantaneously. Yes, because he's worried about his friend. He falls asleep without any worry. Dell slips into a dream. Dell and Cassie are sitting in a graveyard. <gasps> Ooh, prophetic dreams we're having. Between two gravestones on a checkered... P- I thought I was Joss Whedon, too. I thought I was Joss Whedon. I thought I was Quentin Tarantino. And apparently I thought I was David Mamet. Okay. On a checkered picnic blanket. Like it matters. Cassie. You shouldn't be... T- oh, I can't I can't do it. I can't... <laughs> Okay, Cassie, you shouldn't be you shouldn't beat yourself up about this, Dell. Dell, I know, but if I would have done more to try to help you out, or if I had given you my cell Cassie Nonsense. It wasn't your fault what happened to me. There was nothing you could have done to protect me. Dell, I'm sure there is. Ah Cassie Listen. I'll take care of it. Mark my words, Dell. I will myself hunt down these scumbags. <laughs> I will myself hunt down these scumbags, she says. And I want you to put out all... I want you to but but out all these ideas of coulda, woulda, shoulda. And let me worry about all that, okay? <sighs> Can't do this, can I? Dell. Dell says, I don't know how you're going to do that when you're dead. Cassie, I'm right here. Do I look dead to you? Dell, no, I guess not. Cassie, then I must not be. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Dell, I don't want you to leave me, Cassie. Back at the. Cassie, what did I just <laughs> What did I just tell you? Put out all the thinking and go ahead with your laugh. Don't worry about the motherfuckers that did this to me. They will pay all of them, okay? Eighteen year old Elliot was ahead of his time, folks. Very progressive female we've got here. Dell. Okay. Cassie then leans over to Dell and kisses him on the mouth for some reason. Really passionate like. And we fade to black. I don't I don't know. Oh, where are we? Have I made you listen to enough? 54 minutes. Good lord. Are you still there? If you're still there, wow, bravo. Okay. Really passionate like and we fade to black. Day three. Jack's story. We cut to Jack waking up. Still with bat in hand, he gets up and gets ready for the day. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's eating cereal and the phone rings. Yes, of course the phone rings. Because that's... Oh, I can't. I can't. (laughs) I might have to take a break here, folks. I know I've got 54 minutes on this timer, but... Jesus. Jack gets up and picks up the phone. Of course he does. Jack. Yo. 
Don. Don. Jack, it's Don. Ryan has an emergency and I'm going to need you to sub in for him today. Jack. Alright. Fine. Don. Be here at 1 o'clock. Jack. Yeah. Okay. Don. Alright. Bye. Wow. Riveting conversations. Click. Jack puts down the phone. Puts hand in his face. Jack. Shit. He says shit. We cut to Jack at the coffee mill. He is doing the cleaning of the dishes. He hears the door. He takes a look. And there is a police officer coming in. He comes up to the counter. Jack goes away from the dishwashing area. Because he has to. Jack. Hi. Can I help you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, folks. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I, can't. <laughs> I think this is the hardest I've ever had to read. Okay. Jack. Hi. Can I help you? He is very much like the sheriff. Oh, oh God. I don't want to read this to you. He is much like the sheriff from Dust Till Dawn. Do you know that sheriff from Dust Till Dawn? Uh, it's from Dusk Till Dawn. And he just... Yeah, it's supposed to kind of be him. Because I liked from Dusk Till Dawn. Okay? Just, just bear with me on this, please. Jesus. I don't need you... I don't... I don't need you making fun of me, okay? Okay. Officer, yeah, my name... My name is Officer Rodriguez. Oh. You know, like... What's his face, Rodriguez? Ugh. I have a couple of questions to ask. That's how it's written, folks. Spaces and everything. Jack, yes. Officer, were you by any chance working two nights ago? Check. Yes, I was. Officer, did a girl come in her... Did a girl come in her... Dot, dot, dot. Around midnight of that night. Jack, yes. Can I ask what this is all about? Officer. Yes, you can. Officer looks up. I think someone else has done this joke. But I really like it. I think I did it first. Before I saw that. Uh, looks back at Jack. Jack. What is this all about? Officer, we got a missing persons report reported yesterday for Cassie Summers. Oh, God. Can you? Okay. You're going to have to bear with me on this sentence I wrote. We got a missing persons reported yesterday for Cassie Summers was reported yesterday. I'm going to say that again. We got a missing persons reported yesterday for Cassie Summers was reported yesterday. And Miss Summers was last seen here on the night she disappeared. Can you tell me everything you've seen on that night? Officer Rodriguez gets out a pen and a pad. Jack. She came in here twice. Officer. Twice. Jack. She came in here once and sat across from some guy. They talked for a while and... Officer. What did this man look like? Jack. Long, sandy-ish blonde hair. You know what? I do have a problem with that sandy-ish blonde hair. Because I see... Sometimes I see blonde hair and they call out brunette. And it looks blonde to me. Anyway, that's just my own personal opinion. Long, sandish blonde hair, glasses. Officer, go on. Jack, that's all I can recall. Officer, okay, then she left. Jack, yes, and the guy left. Officer, that's all, all you know from the last meeting. They didn't fight or argue or... No one cried? What if, why would you ask that? Jack, I didn't watch them the whole time, but it looked like a regular conversation from what I saw. Okay, tell me about the second time. Jack, well, it was later that night, and she came in. Officer, did she have any bruises or scratches or anything on her? Jack, not that I could have seen. She looked really worried. Officer, worried. Jack, like someone was chasing her, like that kind of worried. That specific kind of worried, I say. I don't say that, but I say that in my head. Officer, okay, what did she do when she got here? Jack, she wanted to use the phone. Officer, who did she call? Jack. She didn't call anybody. Officer. You said she wanted to use the phone. Jack. She did. Officer. And Jack. I wouldn't let her. Officer finally takes his eyes off his paper. He looks right in the face of Jack. What are you telling me, son? Where are we? Dude. Um. I don't know. I might have to uh, give you a... give you a break and give myself a break so that is it for the first hour of the of the reading of the first draft of jack's living dead girl uh aka unrequited um 
And let's take a moment to forgive 18-year-old Elliot Anderson, folks. Let's all just take a silent moment and forgive him. I forgive you. And we're going to continue on on the second part of this live reading of um, this script. All right? All right. Doodaloo!